Cortez Currents asked Margaret Rasher, lead steward of the Cortez Deaf Caring Collective, for her reflections on this past year and thoughts as we enter 2023. When you asked me about doing an interview, Roy, I hesitated, but then I thought of Jen Stevens and her courage, and I thought, I can do this. Jen was someone who really showed up in community, and she let the Deaf Caring Collective be a big part of her experience. Of course, confidentiality is something important in everything we do in the Deaf Caring Collective, but Jennifer was always very open, and Darshan very generous and eloquent in her sharing of her experiences with her mom. She's given us permission to talk about Jen as well. Jan has been part of the Death Caring Collective and involved since we began meeting and learning a few years ago. Jan's vibrancy, her warmth, her presence, her community-mindedness, and her sharing, that added a lot to our meetings. So in January 2022, the very beginning of 2022, her and Darshan gave a talk at one of our meetings, and Jen shared what it was like to live with a potentially life-threatening illness. At that time, she was putting a lot of energy to healing and was hopeful she'd have more time. But she allowed us to be part of her journey and she trusted us, as did Darshan. So when Jen died and up to her death, we were able to participate in the ways that she had asked us to. And it it was and still is sad to witness Jen, who was so full of life, cross over into death. She was easy to love that we as a collective were able to participate in her journey, even contribute to find ways to create beauty, to be with her body, help prepare it for burial, be with her family in meaningful ways. Death is something that affects the community, especially for someone like Jen, who was so involved. And the collective was a part of that community experience. So Jen died on the island. Her body stayed in her cabin for three days. She was buried in the nearby cemetery. This was all done by family, ported by the Death Caring Collective. So that was the first death that we participated in this fully, someone we knew, someone who was part of the collective, who planned ahead, and she became our teacher, our leader. We learned a lot from her. So as I reflect on this past year, I have to say thank you to Jen. As a collective, we've grown in confidence, we've grown in competence, We meet each non-summer month, and each meeting we share, similar to what people may have heard about death cafes. We talk about our experiences with death, dying, grief, whatever's come up for us. And then we learn something about a particular topic. And I know for me, and I can only share my experience, but others have expressed this as well, that by sharing and learning, we get more comfortable with death itself. Talking about it normalizes it. And then as it becomes easier to talk about, at least for me, I realize how death phobic our culture is. It feels right to talk about something that affects us all so much. It feels right to express the loss of those we know, other losses, our sadness, our fears, our thoughts. So talking about death becomes the new normal. And then going back into the world where it's not talked about, that begins to feel strange. And the education piece really helps as well. As I look back on the past year, having people from the community come and teach us has been very helpful. Like Jan telling us in 2022 what it's like to live with a potentially life-threatening disease. 
We've had a retired hospice nurse telling us about the moment of death. A notary public came and taught us about end-of-life planning. We had a beautiful presentation on Jewish practices around the care of the body after death. And a couple sharing their experiences four years after the loss of their child. People pass on articles they've read. I pass these on to the collective through our email list. There's so much information out there. And a lot of it is really empowering about people taking death back into their family, into their community, making people more aware of the choices they have. I think that's what the Death Caring Collective is offering to the community. It's more about creating choices like natural burial. So in working with the Whaletown Community Club and NOAA, the cemetery manager, working with the Southern Cortez Community Association and Anne, the main cemetery manager for that cemetery, they've all been wonderfully supported. And now there are natural burial sections in each of these two cemeteries. This gives people another choice, one that stays in the community and is environmentally respectful. And that's one of our goals. It's not to promote any one choice, but to make choices available. So with the Death Care and Collective Volunteer Group, another choice is available because if people want to do the death-related tasks themselves, so take on the tasks funeral homes do now, that's not a real choice for most people without help. In days past, everyone was far more familiar with taking care of their own at death there were people in the neighborhood who would come and help. But not only have we lost the knowledge, the paperwork has also become more complicated. But I think instinctually, this does feel right for some people. This isn't what everyone would choose, and that's okay. With the volunteer group, it has become a real choice in the community. So for the collective, there's been a lot of learning. We've had a lot of firsts in previous years, the first time we've helped with this or that. But in 2022, it feels like it's not all new. We feel much more competent in our knowledge and in our skills. The families that we've helped have been very grateful, which gives us more confidence to tell people, consider this a choice. Consider going back to an older way of being with death in community, caring for the body, sharing, doing things yourself in ways that are personal and meaningful to you. As I look back, I'd say 2022 was a year of building confidence. Thanks to Sally Quadra's New Notary Public, we have a new website called islanddeathcare.ca. Now anyone can see information about the upcoming meetings and training sessions, and there is an extensive list of resources. There are people in our community, such as Mercedes Grant, who have written articles published in magazines. People from our community have been interviewed in podcasts and on the radio. We've been putting death education articles on the tideline for almost a year. All of this is on the website. At the end of 2022, the Death Caring Collective had a planning meeting. We talked about the collective, how we started, what we've learned along the way, where we want to go from here. Now that we have a few years of learning behind us, we're in the process of coming up with a new vision and mission statement to guide us in the coming years. We've been working with Cortez Island Foundations, who have encouraged us to become a registered society. And Aton has made that become a reality just this past month. This means we can apply for grants, we can accept donations. Until this time, we've been completely grassroots. But now we are seeing ways that we could be of more service to the community. We'd like the Death Caring Collective to be sustainable.
So we're realizing that having money for training for coordinating the volunteers for a um, registered society, we'll be taking care of the vehicle expenses for the volunteers, that these things could be useful. We've had families who've said we'd like to contribute. So collaborating with the Cortez Island Foundations, that process can be simplified. And we're also grateful to the Cortez Island Senior Society who have taken us under their wing. As we look ahead to 2023, we'd like to expand and solidify our training. We've learned a lot by doing, but this means a few people have been learning a lot. In the coming months, we'd like to take the knowledge gained, the knowledge already in our community, and create a training program specific to Cortez. We'd like to be able to offer more support to families for a longer period of time, similar to what the Campbell River Hospice Society does in Campbell River. Cortez is technically in their area, but they don't have the resources to train volunteers on Cortez, for Cortez, or coordinate them. If we'd like a service such as theirs on Cortez, we need to create it for ourselves. And given resources, I think we can. So we're looking at a grant application for that now. And as we look behind at 2022, we've solidified some learning and growing in confidence, and we've been embraced by the Cortez community. As we look ahead to 2023, we'd like to have more shared leadership, a clear vision for our objectives and goals and moving forward, a solid comprehensive training program for the volunteers, and then more volunteers working in the community and a person paid to support and coordinate the volunteers. Cortez is such a wonderful community for us to be a part of. And we like to set things up so that the Death Caring Collective can continue to be a part of it going into the future. You've been listening to Margaret Fisher's reflections on what the year 2022 meant to the Cortez Death Caring Collective.